Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on the time you're listening to this. Welcome back to another episode of Med Nation with your, of course, favorite podiatrist and host, Dr. Dr. Lanier. And Dr. Farnan with Cutting Edge. Our topic today, drum roll please, <laughs> how to start and sustain a medical practice as well as entrepreneurship in medicine. I mean, those two words do not go together in case people wanted to know. And so please, we welcome Dr. Sam here. Please introduce yourself and give us some background, Dr. Sam. Oh, hi, I'm Dr. Steve Samidrala. I'm medical director and founder of uh, America's Family Doctors. We opened in 2002. We have offices in uh, Brentwood, Smyrna, and Spring Hill, and on afdclinics.com, where we, of course, do our virtual visits and televisits. Overall, we, we do primary care, family medicine for all ages. Overall, life's been pretty good. Nothing is easy, but, you know, we just have to always be adaptable and flexible. Absolutely. So, so what inspired you to own your own clinic? You know, probably very similar to you. When I first started, I was looking for jobs in the Nashville area, but then pretty much everything had non-competes. We also wanted to start computerized from day one. And back then, there were no real computerized offices when I was looking in 2001. And a lot of times practices would say, well, if you were to join us, you can help us get computerized. Well, it's easier actually just to start computerized than to to convert computer to computerized. So that was the the big thing. Our goal is to be as high tech and high touch as possible. And it's just actually just fun, you know, because it's like essentially our own little lemonade stand where things, the only constant in life is going to be change, how we adapt with, with times. I'd say one big boon for private practices has been COVID just because a lot of the big uh, entities really had a hard time adapting to COVID. Whereas we were, we were open every single day. We never shut down during COVID. We were able to adapt to televisits in addition to in-person visits. And we've been able to continue that, you know, even as COVID has improved. So in going about technology, how did you learn the business and, and website skills you need to succeed? Kind of like how how we all learned how to raise kids, right? I yeah. mean, you just <laughs> you have, <laughs> right. have kids yeah. and do the best you can. I mean, you yeah. could you could look uh, for a book called Parenting 101. And, right. and what, what's in the book generally doesn't re- exactly resemble what's in real life, right? You know, and, uh, you know, from kid to kid, every kid is different. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, always nervous in a, in a healthy way. Definitely motivates us to get up every morning. My, my my wife was a big inspiration for me to open her own practice because she knows that I, I'm always questioning, you know, well, why are we doing it this way? Why are we doing right. that way? And uh, and when I was a resident, when I start questioning things a lot, they're very quick to tell me you're a resident. Right. <laughs> you right. don't question things. Right. So. so then, uh, so I mean, and I think that's a good thing. I'm a big believer of, of <laughs> autonomy and I tell our providers and staff, I mean, if if we're not messing up here and there, that means we're not trying hard enough because, right. because I mean, you know, of course, patient care and safety always comes first, but to, um, like, I'm really proud of, of for both of you for going out of your way to do your, uh, to do your podcast thank because you. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's special. It really is. And it, it's work. You know, it's not just fun. Thank you for recognizing that. But yeah. I have a question. You said you wanted to do computerized office. Was that something you would introduce in residency or, and also second question to that, did you open your clinic right out of residency? I did. Okay. So I, I was in uh, 
University of Mississippi. And when I was actually back then, 2001, my wife told me um, she's from Huntsville, Alabama, and I'm from Michigan, but where we're, I was in my residency at University of Mississippi. And she told me that we should live in a uh, Brentwood, Brentwood, or Brentwood. <laughs> so of course I chose Brentwood and, yeah. uh, the you know, good schools yeah. and, uh, Excellent. you know, good diversity of, uh, you know, for our family mm -hmm. and, and, uh, so on. So when I was looking for jobs, even at like places like the, even the nonprofit clinics and so on, they, back then, 2001, they had, uh, pretty stringent non-competes. I mean, some of them were even like 50 miles, you know, wow. at that point in time, decided to go ahead and open our own. And so we did. I, yeah. So how did you expect all those locations? I want to know about your growth in business. I mean, we have Brentwood, Smyrna, Spring Hill, and, and Wellness. But I was like you in that we grew fast, but then we just kind of stabilized because it's not based on uh, how many offices you have. Eventually, it's based on your margin, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much work. And especially back then, um, if you want to do billing in-house and have good billing staff and do good accounting and good credentialing and all that kind of stuff, it, it, you could try to outsource it, but then general, which we did in the beginning, but generally it's not as good as if you do it on your own because they're interested in their 5% or so on. But, but in this case that we're interested in our hundred percent. And so if you, you have all the infrastructure and the people for that, then you have to have the, the volume and some space. So, so then we opened Spring Hill and then it's a lot of, as you know, it's a lot of time, money, and energy to open an office. So um, we opened a clinic in Murfreesboro called Get Well Clinic. With I did that with with partners, and then uh, and that was kind of an NP clinic in a strip mall, and it's still there. But then um, they wanted to keep expanding, and uh, and then I kind of realized that it seems to be where doctors and NPs and PAs working together. Because I mean, a lot of times with NPs or, or PAs, I mean, by definition, they're physician assistants, you know, I mean, a lot of them, including my own, our own, our physician assistant, who's been with us in Brentwood, um, Rebecca Summers for like, I think, what, 15 years or so. Mm -hmm. I mean, she got into medical school. I mean, she's really, she's, a, I mean, a lot of them are really bright. Mm -hmm. uh, but they chose to be a physician assistant so that they don't they, I mean, so they don't have to have all the responsibilities uh, of being of being the doctor. And uh, so, you know, they want to work with us and we want to work with them. And so that way, if we want to like, you know, travel or have a life, <laughs> you're working with a good team of people. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah, so we opened in, um, uh, what's it called? Oh yeah, so, so then they bought, they bought me out from that. And then we uh, um, opened our Spring Hill office. And um, that one was an, an, another existing office that we kind of essentially just took over. And, uh, and it, was, it was an office that we were kind of creating from the ground up, um, but we didn't sign the actual lease for it because again, it's very expensive. Uh, uh, but um, the build out is really the big challenge. And then, but if somebody's already done the build out and it's a good location, a good suite, and it has some existing patients, then um, even then, then it's a lot easier to jump in and, and take over. I mean, if we were to, you know, grow again, a lot of it is, is uh, I was growing when my kids were, were young. And then eventually, um, as they get older, their bills become, you know, higher, right. And so I had to instead of investing in uh, opening offices, then I invested in paying Vanderbilt tuition. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would like to expand as long as it doesn't take uh, 
me too much more time, money, energy, or stress. Right. <laughs> or, or workers. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that was my next question. It's funny yeah. because I was going to ask you, what's your five-year plan? Yeah. I mean, if, if something just falls in kind of more into our lap, you know, we're, we're definitely open to it. But uh, but also, the, back, the margins are a lot lower now than they used to be. I, I look at a lot of our reimbursements. Some of our reimbursements were higher. We're in our 20th year of practice. was higher 20 years ago than they are now. Right. And then... And then a lot of a lot of what I mean, a lot of it is now we're more quality based care. So right. if it's just, you know, office visits, uh, codes, then that just will, I mean, keep the lights on and, you know, pay for the air conditioning. Right. <laughs> but but it doesn't uh, it doesn't pay for everything else. Uh, and so our business plan, it's, I call it um, the Bubba Gump shrimp business plan, you know, because <laughs> uh, the big, huge boats couldn't handle it and the little ones couldn't handle it. But but they had like a, a right size, mid size one, and right. then and then if you're able to kind of weather some of the storms, then um, like in this case, it's it's a little bit different than uh, 2008 um, because 2008 was rough because there was people opening clinics everywhere mm-hmm. and we were going into a recession, right? Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, nobody's opening clinics. No, nobody. No. I mean, except for like all the care nows and stuff like that. That they're opening urgent cares all over the spot. Right. But as far as primary care, I mean. But uh, is that affecting? Is there is that affecting you? I mean, it does. I yeah. mean, um, you know, we used to do a lot walk-in urgent care, but uh, acute care, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we and we still do for kind of more our own patients. But in a way, it's also made it easier for us too because we can still take care of our patients, but at least, you know, the goal is to keep them out of the ER, if, if, you know, if at all possible. There is a lot of things that have affected us over the years. These walk-in urgent cares, um, primary care, I mean, I think the hospitals will try to open, but then, but still there seems to be a need, but nobody seems to want to open primary care because it's a lot of time, money, work, and margins are very low. So yeah, yeah. the teledocs or free teledoc service has affected us. Then these onsite clinics affected us too until COVID hit. And then a lot of these onsite clinics have kind of struggled just because nobody's going to work anymore. (laughs) And so it's a part of the onsite clinic. So, but we're, we're still kind of hopefully that home for our patients, even through COVID, through recessions. I mean, ideally, knock on wood, we're, we're, we'll still stay stay here. Oh, yeah. I have seen your reviews. You guys are loved by your patients and uh, the community. Yeah. I want to talk in depth about how we open the practice. Sure, and, sure. you know, for physicians out there, you know, out of residency, they all want to open theirs. Um, what are the steps? So for me, it was the insurance. You know, I didn't know how long it would take me to be under insurance. I didn't get paid for the first eight months after I opened my uh, clinic. I mean, your case, you're also lucky too because your husband had a had an yeah, income, income, right? Yeah, exactly. and and for me, I, I didn't have that, right. and so I had to. Uh, um, my wife, she worked when I was a resident, but then we when we started, she kind of worked with me. Um, the uh, back then, we, there were income guarantees through the hospitals, so um, so I was able to get one through uh, Southern Hills TriStar. Oh wow! Yeah, and That's so great. that kind of that helped us kind of get started and helped us. Uh, you know, buy a house because in order to buy a house, you can't just, you know, go to the bank and say, here's my business plan. I should do quite well. Can I buy a house? (laughs) (laughs) We elaborate on income guarantee from the hospital because that's that's news to us. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's nothing like that. I mean, prior to 2001, I think, uh, um, I don't even know. I don't even know very few people that they even do that much anymore because back then, um, now they're all into employing, you know, physicians, right? But, um, 
way back when they really didn't want employee physicians. I mean, I think they'll still do income guarantees if you're like going to like, you know, uh, Winchester or Tullahoma oh, or sure. small town and, uh, and they don't have an existing practice, but, uh, but I mean, I know like, um, HCA, TriStar or so on, you know, they would have this, uh, Medline or something like that, you know, where they would, um, refer patients to us. But then eventually, I mean, I mean, a lot of them will, will be, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, like Stonecrest, for example, they, if you have private insurance, they may, you know, refer to their own, obviously, because they want to kind of feed their own. Mm -hmm. But if they don't have, if they have, you know, 10 care Medicaid, well, they don't take 10 care Medicaid. So, so. Send them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Vanderbilt does. Right. And Vanderbilt right. is a nonprofit right. and uh, they don't take 10 care for, for, uh, for uh, adults. So, right. So, um, so, so, I mean, they, they went from kind of um, what, I mean, wanting to help support, you know, the, to support us to almost kind of essentially competing with us, you know, right. I mean, they still like us, I guess, I mean, cause we still refer patients to them, yeah. but, uh, um, but I mean, but I mean, in a lot of times when you talk to the hospitals, I mean, they'll, they'll say that uh, first they wanted to promote private practice, but then the income guarantees, a lot of them times it didn't work out mm -hmm. where they would give an income guarantee and the practice didn't make it per se, or, mm -hmm. uh, or they would, if you're an existing practice and you want to grow that they may give you an income guarantee, but then a lot of existing practices didn't want to grow either. So then they know that they have to have primary care and they have to have doctors in the community mm -hmm. to serve, you know, to, to fund the hospital per se too. Um, so yeah, this one was, uh, Southern Hills, um, um, Stonecrest, um, we, oh, we, we had income guarantee with uh, Stonecrest and then Spring Hill, we had an income guarantee with uh, Williamson Medical Center, which just makes us feel better, stronger, you know, and so on. I mean, we talked to Stonecrest about income guarantee for Murfreesboro, but then this was a few years ago and then, but there was like no doctors and, uh, and actually one time, um, they were trying to recruit and, uh, they actually called me which is pretty funny. <laughs> so I think that there's uh, there's a private practice that's looking open in Murfreesboro yeah. and uh, would you be interested? I said, that's me. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. funny. So yeah. And and then and so and I understand, you know, I mean, yeah, there's just no and, and now even a lot of the doc, uh, uh, hospitalists and so on. Um, they're recruiting NPs too. I, and also there's just no money. I mean, there's not only no doctors, there's just no money because uh, three doctors and six uh, NPPAs, um, even that is just, it's hard, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean hard, there's, yeah. there's not enough for nine doctors right. and there's no doctors that exist. So you have to have that right balance. Yeah, so so I, I mean, it, I think it just makes sense. And uh, how long did it, it took you to um, get enough patients that you're breaking even? This is, um, you know, to discuss for if somebody wants to open a clinic, you know, they need to know, you know, the groundwork they need to put on for you to start making money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, traditionally, I guess, uh, initially it was probably, you know, 10, and then eventually went to uh, 10 patients a day. Then mm -hmm. as overhead and everything went up, it's like 15. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now it's getting closer <laughs> to 20, right? Yeah. It's like 30, yeah. 45 to actually live. I know. So how long did it take you to get those patients a day? Like a year? Six I mean, months? not too long, not really. Too long, okay. Yeah, because I mean, we had an innovation that others didn't have back then. Um, we had a website. <laughs> Nobody else said websites. I mean, no, you're, su you're really surprising. Uh, and that's why even we don't even have to pay much money for like right. well, we don't even pay any money for SEO because uh, I mean, I called 
uh, Google business myself and talk to them. And, and they said, whether I give them, you know, pay them $50 or $60 a month. I mean, they're Google, they have billions of dollars, <laughs> or even if I pay $500 a month, uh, they have billions of dollars. That's not their issue. Their, their issue is, uh, what you guys are doing is content, content, and content. They said, uh, healthcare is like one of the most searched, uh, keywords in Google yet most, you know, and most doctors have a website, but most of them just stink <laughs> and they're static and they don't change and they don't have, they don't have anything on it. They'll have broken links and so on. And they want people like you. And we, we have, if you go to afdclinics.com and scroll all the way in the bottom, um, click on AFD TV. We did a bunch of videos with my daughters, uh, and, um, and Sadia did it, you know, Dr. my fellow Dr. Sadia Dar and her daughter, you know, um, Zoya and so on, um, when their kids were young, because they were all excited, they mm -hmm. like wrote, produced all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And it was fun. And then, uh, but now my mine are bigger and I don't like hearing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you only because you're very knowledgeable. I'm yeah. sure our listeners would love to hear you talk as well. But one of the, the questions that I have is doctors, we have no business education and we lack being an entrepreneur. People actually say we don't make good <laughs> entrepreneurs. What do you say to that? I mean, it's, oh, so, so when I was a resident, I was nervous, right? And uh, about, and then what what uh, there is these uh, PhD psychologists in our family medicine department at UCLA, Mississippi. They they said to me, Steve, have, how many things have you failed in in your life? Have you failed in tests, or have you failed in school? And you know, I've had bad grades, and I fall, but then I generally get up. And then they said, well, what makes you think this would be any different? I'm like, oh, that's a good point. So a lot of it is just having faith in yourself. And so I know when I started my practice, my my parents were very nervous. And, uh, and I'd say, I mean, my parents also encouraged me a lot to do this because they came from India and, uh, they would tell us that if uh, we don't make it, you know, and I was, my sister and I were born here, right? If we don't make it here, we're going to have to pack up and go back to India. And I'm like, no, 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 we're American. No, no, you, we're going we're gonna to figure it out, you know, but they didn't have, their parents are from, you know, villages back in India. So they didn't have that financial backing. I mean, growing up in Michigan, um, our bank that we grew up with is NBD, National Bank of Detroit, which has been sold and name changed mm -hmm. so many times, but uh, but we call it NBD, National Bank of Dad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and when I asked, you know, I went to, I was with AmSouth, the relationship people, and then of course they sold to Regions, and, and every time I emailed them, their email wouldn't work because you know <laughs> people keep leaving. <laughs> and so uh, I said, can I get a loan to uh, open my practice and my, my my dad could he co-sign it, and then they're like, uh, "Well, if you uh, if your dad puts in say a hundred thousand, um, we uh, with the CD that pays them, uh, you know, three percent, then we will loan his money to you at seven <laughs> percent." There's yeah. no, there no loan. That's crazy. There's no loan. There's no money out of your dad's investment. Yeah, yeah. There's no loan. There's no way for him to co-sign the loan, except that. Right. Uh, yeah, but they said, uh, "But you could buy a house." You know, and so so we did, and uh, and then um, we 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 took the equity. I mean, we uh, this was after two thousand and one, um, after nine eleven, and uh, so we got our house for. I guess it was ended up being below appraisal, you know. Mm -hmm. So then we were able to take the equity, the extra equity, and put that into our practice. Yeah. So yeah, and then credit yeah. credit cards, you know, and uh, and just I mean, credit. We didn't pay interest, but you know, yeah. you could you can get that and switch it. So it's a little bit of that credit card game, right. and then and eventually, and then the income guarantee, and um, 
and then eventually um, that was it. Then then um then we just kind of you know conservative cash flowed, uh, and then we when we were um, cash flowing positive, then back then I mean we my kids were you know um, you know I showed you the photo of my oh, daughter when yeah. I mean she was a baby she doesn't know if she what does she need except diapers and yeah. <laughs> toys and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, so then we we took that towards. Uh, um, opening Smyrna, then, um, then as we were paying that off, then, um, and by that time we had a cred line, you right. know, so as, as soon as we had a cash flow, then we had a cred line and then we could finance, um, growing. And then, uh, and then, then, uh, then after a while, you know, you kind of get tired of having your credit line. You'd rather yeah. just, uh, you know, Have save, yeah. well, save money. And then, but then, um, and then kind of what we did, but I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, there is that, Oh, careful. There's that, uh, that concern, uh, where, you know, um, Walgreens quote belief is that, you know, you, you, if you're not growing, you're dying. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and a lot of times, uh, and I mean, there is growth to, to, uh, be made without just, uh, bricks and mortars all the time. Right. I mean, I think the, 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 I mean, um, COVID has been rough, but the, the blessing for, uh, for medicine is that we are allowed televisits now, which has been, it's a lot of times, I mean, I, I believe um, it's a renaissance in medicine, especially for private practice, because uh, I know you guys do home visits also. Do y'all do televisits? Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, there, there is a little kind of gray area with podiatry. They were, they were insurance companies were much more uh, adaptive to that during the COVID time. But now I think even within the podiatry realm, and it's hard for podiatry, right? Because we're, we're such a specialized niche. You know, there's only a certain types of pathologies we could do via a televisit. The rest, I have to lay hands on your ankle, right? Yeah. You fell down some stairs and I televisit you. I'm like, hey, yeah, you fell down some stairs. Go to an urgent care or, or come to my office and I'll meet you there. But, you know, it went back to the insurance. I mean, reimbursements are a little finicky with telehealth and podiatry now. But like you said, it has been, COVID has, with blessing with primary care and allowing that. And there is some instincts where we do televisit within the podiatry realm for little things that we can do, dermatological things that that hopefully not all would get paid for. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, post-op visits, perinicchiae. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah I was going to say, yeah. planner's board, perinicchiae, follow-ups, follow-visits, right? Things like yeah. that. Yeah. And But you're absolutely right. It has opened up kind of a Pandora's box of people being able to, and I've seen a lot of different providers being able to do that, where just on their website, they, these folks can come in and say, hey, my toe's red, what would we do? And you can actually determine that via televisit and put them in the right channel, right? So it's been a blessing. But yeah, telehealth is kind of a, a gray area within the podiatry world right now. Yeah. In but, terms of reimbursements. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so. true. And now. So usually as we're closing, we talk about puns. Okay, sure. Uh, is there, do you have any uh, primary care puns or business puns that you can share with us? Oh. Or it could be a daily mantra. It doesn't necessarily have yes. to be a funny joke or a pun or run on words. It could be a daily mantra that you wake up in the morning and you say, get ready for the day for success. Anything like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the yeah, uh, what's it called? Uh, one thing, you know, we're all, you know, like, Doctorpreneurs, right? And so the the doctorpreneurs, the the kind of the joke on it is that uh, we can pick any. Um, we have we have the, we have a lot of freedom. We can pick any sixty hours of the week we want to work. <laughs> that, that is true, and we're going to coin doctorpreneurs. By the way, there's going to be a trademark next to that, so you will you will you will get that. I, I love that term, doctorpreneurs. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's important because uh, I mean, even even um, you know, you're. I mean, like everyone, whether 
you're whether regardless of what percent you know whether you have ownership on paper or not i mean everyone wants to have autonomy you know and uh, i mean the saying is a you know brain is a terrible thing to waste you know we, we would we would rather and have you try things i mean you could do um, you could do these podcasts, which everyone just loves and you can learn from, or you could do some like TikTok videos, which may be a little racy, you know? <laughs> we do a little bit of all, by the way, everybody. But don't worry, folks. I keep my shirt on. <laughs> the shirt stays on, everybody. You know? So we keep them PG here. Okay. Well, Dr. Sam, thank you so much for taking your time to yeah. talk with us. This has been a great educational uh, podcast. Oh, of course. Yes. Well, happy, happy to anytime. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, Dr. Sam, again. And I'm sure everyone can take value from that. And as, as our subscribers have been amazing. Sure, you'll get questions that we'll probably have to have a follow up with you here eventually over time because we always have people asking questions and we'll ask you those as we get those. So, everybody. Um, oh, so yeah, if anyone questions, I mean, of course, on our website, aptclinics.com, you can click on my name and uh, it has my email or it's drsam at aptclinics.com. But I'm a big fan of uh, uh, helping other future doctorpreneurs and so on start. We've helped a lot of people over the years who started started practices. Uh, and um, it just it's just to know that it's possible, right. you know, and to have kind of like a cheerleader at your side yeah. that, that it's possible. Not easy, but it's possible. And uh and I mean, even for me to find, um, you know, mentors, right? Because oh. I was trying to find a mentor of somebody who had a, a computerized medical practice, who had multiple locations with, you know, MDs, NPs, PAs, open seven days a week, who does appointments and walk-ins, and I couldn't find him. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> um, you would be the only person I know that actually checks all those boxes. And that that so, was 20 years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. And to this day and age, you're the only one that still checks those boxes, FYI. I don't think I've ever met anybody even, I mean, within this even tri-state area that does what you do. But but, but there are out there, and, and that trend is coming out. There's At least there's a term for it now. Right. Patient center medical home, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. Since we have met you, you have helped us grow our business as well. You, you know, we're sharing a same HR company now. Oh, good. Yeah. And also Hilo, you know, yeah. you're a big advocate of it. And because of you, we are trying to do as well. So, Thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate it. That's the least I can do. There's so much. We're, we're just we're just warring up. There's <laughs> there's so much we can do. It's, it's pretty exciting. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Yeah. So, doctorpreneurs out there, non-doctorpreneurs, <laughs> the idea is just jump. <laughs> jump into starting a new business. Have those cojones. Do it because, you know, it'll all work itself out. We always appreciate such great conversation with you. To our subscribers, thank you for listening to another wonderful edition of Med Nation. Please subscribe. We'll be over Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Like and subscribe, folks. We love you. Have a good week and see you next week. See you next week.